So that was your warm up. So on, uh, I talk about there's some principles, and I and I titled this one "Seeing in the Kingdom, There's More Than Meets the Eye." And you know, we've I think we've heard at least in North America the old adage about you know not judging a book by its cover. And um, I actually had looked, and it was it was funny. I I heard this that statement. Um, and there's more than meets the eye. And I thought, well, Lord, that's not scripture. And I had to go check to make sure it was the scripture because it sounds kind of like a proverb or a psalm. But it's actually a quote from um, a poet, uh, and I don't think he's a believer, but some guy named you know W.H. Alden. There's always another story. There's more than meets the eye. And and what the Lord was telling me is, and even from this in Habakkuk, we will see things, and we can make a judgment. By it, but in Isaiah 11, um, it's not verse 1, it's not verse 2. Maybe it's Isaiah 11, verse 3, but it's in those early verses. Um, Jesus did not make any judgments by what he saw or what he heard. Now, the first time I read that, I thought, well, how did you judge? <laughs> you know, he judged out of his relationship with the Father, okay? Now, you know, you know, if you go places and there's people that you know and there's people, you know, on this call that have, you know, uh, good gifting and see your stuff, but we're living in a day, even if you see something in the spirit and it and it is right, there is more than what you see with your excellent gifting or what you sense, what you feel. And if you want the right interpretation or what you really need to see, you need to develop not your gifting or your senses, it's really the relationship, okay? And let and, and we start working on what is really going on and let the Father, and don't do like I do sometimes, well, actually a lot of times, don't second guess the Father. Just don't, do not lean on even your understanding or even your spiritual understanding. And this is kind of tricky because there's it, tricky as in if you, uh, I'm going to say this. Uh, hmm. It's like, uh, uh, well, it, it's, you know, it's simple dream interpretation, right? Someone says, I had a dream, and in my dream, I saw a blue horse, okay? Well, you know, it, you, know you, you trust the Holy Spirit, and you, you read their dream, and you want to be a blessing, and your motivation is love. And so the first thing that comes up is the blue horse stands for um, the strength of the Holy Spirit is available to that person. Well, that's pretty cool, right? And you type in, I believe the blue horse stands for the strength of the Holy Spirit uh, or the spirit of might is, is, is available for you, that you two um, united together will go far, right? Well, that's, that's a good interpretation of a blue horse in someone's dream. But that's just from your gifting and your sensing you could go the next step and go, whoa, hey, Father, this lady or this guy had a dream on Facebook, and I believe, you know, first round is that blue horse stands for da-da-da-da-da-da, right, what we just said. The Lord goes, that's pretty good. And you go, pretty good. Is it exactly it or what is it? Well, actually, that horse is, and he tells you something. And you would go, oh, I'm sorry, person. The horse doesn't is what it's also the father just spoke to me and he says the horse really is symbolizing 
that uh, the strength uh, that you're not running with horses, uh, your race is not with man or with horses, but you're now going to be racing against spiritual entities and um, he is going to strengthen and empower you that you'll be able to not need the horse. You won't be leaning upon man's strength or creation strength, but you have a direct line from the father himself. Well, that's pretty good. And you go like, wow, God, thank you for revealing that. And he goes, okay. But then two days goes by, right? And so God's not limited by time. But then there's another level of, um, of what the Father wants to show um, in that. And because you're in a relationship, and your relationship is a, is a union, and you're just spending time, he says, by the way, it's really not about the horse or the strength. It's about horses have the ability to see 360 degrees. And, and what's really going on is this person is now going to be able to, to walk in the level of sensing and knowing everything that goes on around her. She's going to have a stronger defense system. The things that she, that she saw in her past, those things won't bother anymore. She's an overcomer. And you're going like, wait a minute, Lord. First of all, the first interpretation was from my gift. I know who I am. And then the second one was from you. How can you keep changing it? You see, out of relationship, it's not about right and wrong. It's about what's right for that moment. Okay? And as we trust the relationship and not the fact or the moment we trust in the master, it will flow out like that. And because what we see one moment may mean something different the next moment, and we don't need to trust what was, we need to trust what is, and the Father is always right on time. You see how this little different, you know, seeing something out of a relationship? Because it's not wrong the first time, it's always right when it's out of, out of Him. And this is a, an alignment and an adjustment that I, I hope we're all ready for, because I, I actually like it, you know, um, Father, if I, you know, <clears throat> memorize three verses, I'm good. Well, you can trust that, but he really wants me to work on um, doing things with them. He's so into the co-union and, and um, um, united, and, and, and uh, he, he just loves us, you know, uh, and he wants to integrate everything with us, okay? <laughs> And he wants us to mature and grow up and be wonderful. So in, in that, this relationship, we can look at Jesus and how, you know, Jesus kind of walked down here. And I want us to turn to, uh, I almost went to, uh, yeah, Jesus is always a good example. Let's look at Luke chapter 22. And we know that, um, you know, Jesus demonstrated, you know, uh, an amazing life. He didn't live his life the way I would have lived it. <laughs> That's why I'm not Jesus. But we, we know that Jesus served. And I think the biggest story about his serving, other than you know dying for the whole world, but when he, he washed uh, his disciples' feet, you know, um, that's an amazing act of humility. And if you guys have never washed someone's feet, it's, it's, it's interesting to actually wash uh, someone's feet, people that you know or don't know. Washing someone you don't like speed is even even differenter, differenter, even deeper. But just want to say this statement that the serving um, leads to intimacy, intimacy, and intimacy will produce a maturity 
that uh, uh, you can't you can't earn um, and you can't get you can't buy. There's not a tape series on it, but there's something about um, when you're serving people. And again, it's 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 a relationship. So I mean, some of the biggest servants are intercessors because they are laying down their life in the spirit realm uh, for a, a country, a person, or whatever. And so a lot of them don't realize the benefits of the servant serving they're doing. They think they're just praying or they're dealing with situations because that's either their gifting or they're just being faithful in it. But the byproduct of, of serving, they go the next part. They come out of the, sometimes we get locked into the activity and we lose focus on the relationship. Um, but if we stay in the activity motivated by love, which is the relationship part, we can move into really uh, a level of authority to where we have, uh, uh, really, we, we get a throne, right? So pretty much you could say Jesus served his way to the throne um, through the cross, and he, you know, he's now seated on a throne, and we're seated with him. But the, his earth time was uh, really based on his servanthood. And that's what's going to happen here, too, as we keep growing in him, is that level of, of serving, the level of life that we have in him, okay, which is good. I mean, there's always uh, the distraction of, of, of God's way versus our way. Um, and I'm endeavoring to, to not just speak to your understanding, which is just kind of your soul experience, but to speak to really who you are, which is your spirit. Your spirit is alive and well. You know, when when you uh, submitted your life unto him, you know, he came into you. And according to Colossians 2, 9 and 10, the Godhead is dwelling in you. So I'm speaking to your awoke, you're, you're awoken, your living spirit, which is alive and well. And I'm speaking words that are spirit and truth, which are, I believe that which the Father has given me to share if you receive it, because it's not just from me, but from him, then it's life into you, and you'll be walking more into your calling and destiny, and you'll be in the, the place you're called to be. And the place you're called to be is, is a, a loving um, member of, of his family, right? We get qualified. Uh, uh, well, he, he makes us fit for service. He qualifies us. Now this is not acceptance because you're already accepted, right? But this is like you know how you how you're fit for your for your destiny, right? Um, this isn't uh, a test you can fail; it's a test that you get to pass. Now some of us will take this test over and over again, but you will pass it because he's faithful, right? And sometimes we'll get to to repeat a a class or a course over and over again, but if we stay fixed on him. Um, We'll actually enjoy the test, and we'll be changed, and we'll go from glory to glory and strength to strength. It'll be a good thing. There, there's something about as we as we a, a test which, um, uh, yeah, this is going to happen. We got to realize as we start following the Lord, um, we're about to get the place where well, we're actually we're there. As we're as we set ourselves to be like Him. Um, that's what happens. Uh, we become like the like the one we set our, our our focus and our attention and our desire and our love, our worship on. Now the people around us, 
if they're not seeking the Father, they will see us and they'll do this thing that humans do. Um, they will start, uh, well, it's really, it's, it's a false worship. They'll start worshiping you, you know. They'll think your opinion and your ways and your clothing and everything you do is perfect. And we have this, it's not a sin nature, it's just a, uh, a bad default mechanism that we people like to worship people because we can see people and uh, we think that's cool. And it says in Luke 22, verse 25, it says the kings um, of the Gentiles are deified by people. So as you start walking in your authority, the temptation that you're going to get is, is to... Um, uh, is to You'll hear the praises of people in all kind of fun ways. And you'll be uh, slightly distracted by comments, uh, letters, Facebook posts, pictures, even thank yous for you just being you. And um, people, uh, when we lose track of the Father, we sometimes settle for other people who are growing in the Lord. And as we're growing in the Lord, we're thinking like, why are you looking at me? <laughs> you know, I'm just, you know. And so sometimes there's that little pull there. It's, it's really the, the system of the world that kind of does that. But we're not going to be full because I just told you what's going to happen. So, But we're going to keep our eyes focused on them, um, not on them, but on the Lord, and not be moved by, by them. Okay, so what does this all have to do with seeing the kingdom? Uh, has a lot to do here in a second. So, um, let me get this first. So, look, go, hope you have your Bible. Luke 22 is where we're at. I want you to look at um, verse 28 because um, it's about relationship again. And um, it says here, and you, and this is Jesus speaking to the disciples, you are those who have remained and persevered with me in my trials. And the scripture, when I read that, which came to mind was, um, there's a man, uh, there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And again, out of our relationship with the Father, a relationship in the kingdom, uh, we'll start seeing things. But as we endure through, um, let's see, we're, we're all going through a transformation process, okay? We're all in different stages of that process. Um, our role is just to stay in the process. It's not to do anything special, unique, whatever. Just keep being led by the Spirit. Be faithful, you know, at your pace, Stay focused. If you turn right or the left, you know, whatever, that's okay. If you fall down, get back up. That's staying in the process. If you stay in the process, the process will lead you to maturity. and You'll have a place in the gate. You'll be given a, a throne. And from that throne, you as a king will have uh, an ability to see that you don't have right now. And, and so when you get to that place, you'll be like saying, Oh my gosh, what is this? Well, this is seen as a king. And um, and seen as a king or seen with the level of authority 
that you in that place, in that position with your throne is totally different from every definition that we know of right now and seeing, because it really isn't seeing, but our vocabulary is so limited. We sometimes live at the level of our vocabulary and we, we can't do that anymore. Uh, the Father needs us to live at his level because that's what we're invited to. So the reason why there's revelatory teaching out there so that we will, will you know, not live at a vocabulary level or understanding level, but we'll live at his level because that's what we're called to be. Right? God is the Spirit. God's dwelling in us. We're his tabernacle. And we're called to live at his definition, at his high place, uh, we need to repent, which just means return to the high place, and be all that he's called to be, not what, not what we think we are, but who we are, right? Keyword is not what we think we are, but who we are. We need to stop living off of an, uh, uh, our understanding or any definitions. So even the definition of seeing that we have right now, no matter how anointed it is, it's, it's limiting you, and you're not walking in the level that you're called to be. This is not a place we go, oh, no, we condemn. No, it's we accept whatever he is saying about whatever we're doing, okay? Not in comparing ourselves to people, comparing ourselves to ministries, <clears throat> comparing it to our own experiences, but only accepting what our lover is saying about a situation, okay? And so it's almost like, you know, what word is it? It isn't a word, Okay. Again, it's out of relationship. And this is, this is a place of, of trust. The trust comes from time spent with the one you love, okay? Not time spent, uh, well, you know, I've already said, you know, listen to the tapes or listen to the, you know, and get the CD or, or me, you know, you should be listening. You have a hard copy now or go through the stuff. But as you go through something, you should go, wow, what does this mean to me today? What's it going to mean to me tomorrow? What's this going to mean to my future me? But what does it mean to my father? What is he saying about this topic right now on this, uh, someplace it's, it's Friday, um, uh, at this time and space? If you limit it to you trying to figure it out, you'll, you'll miss it. But if you just place it in his hands, He'll place it back to you in a way only he can do it. And it's really, <clears throat> we're in the place where we're, we're allowing him to be Lord, right? Just like my earlier analogy, when I go to the optometrist, I'm allowing that physician, I'm trusting him, and I'm taking him at his word. If he says this, I go do that, but I sit there and I get a little puff of air in my eye, and, and I follow his finger, I do exactly what he says, Right? I give him permission at that point. When you come into the Father's presence, and we're in his presence right now, we need to listen to him. Just like when um, in Matthew 17, when uh, Jesus and the guys were on the mountain, you know, the Father shows up and says, this is my beloved son, listen to him. We're in the place right now, the only way of victory, the only way that we'll, everything around us will be defined properly is if we listen to him, not listen to ourselves, not listen to definitions, not listen to last year's teaching or even last minute's teaching. That's, that's wild to me. You're saying that something that was awesome two days ago could be 
are you saying wrong? Well, in the light of his light, it could be wrong for you now. Well, is it wrong for the people in Canada? Da, 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 da. It's not about the people in Canada or the people in England. It's about you understanding everything from your relationship. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go on and on about the relationship. It's focusing on not the revelation, but the relationship. Out of the relationship, you'll see. Out of the relationship, you'll understand. Out of the relationship, you'll know. Out of the relationship, you will live and move and have your being. Because your life is hidden in him. It's about relationship. It's not about formulas. It's not about locations. It's about whatever he's saying, I'm going to do. Okay? Now, you're going... How do I tell somebody else this? What's well, hard to tell somebody else this? But what, don't tell them. Just show them. Okay. Now they're gonna. What do you? What do you do? We have a breakthrough. Yay! <laughs> 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 Yay! Overcomer. You get the crown. So and then I gotta remember how to turn this mute. Yay! She remembered that too. Woohoo! So, um, but everything is out of relationship. So how do we, how do you share your intimate relationship with the father, with somebody else? Do, do, do. In reality, you can't. Okay. Now, this is very tricky because, you know, if I was a, a different Bible teacher, I would say, yes, you can teach anything, you can share anything. Actually, you can't. You, it's hard to explain your love, your desire for another person, right? But what you can do is just continue to be with the lover of your soul, right? And as people seek to look at your delight, your satisfaction, the fruit of your relationship with him, They'll go, they won't understand, but maybe they'll pursue the father like maybe you're pursuing the father. Then out of their relationship with the father, they'll get revelation of your relationship with the father and go, and then they won't care because they'll have their own vital union, okay? But if you try to tell people about how good it is, it will get lost in words. Okay, you need to stay on the journey and just live and enjoy him and let him take care of them. Okay, and that's the way that works. So, um, I'm going to talk about the rights of birth. So, this is in your handout. Um, I thought this was a trip because we're all everyone. So, John 3, uh, John 3 3. Whoever is born again or born from above, <clears throat> born of God, sees. And so whatever definition you have, again, it's out of relationship, born of God. Well, that's, you know, you, you know coming out of him, the, that level of relationship, the level of, of unity, the level of connectedness, if you will, birth, thing like that. From that relationship, again, is, is your ability to see, right? Now, so with that, we all see, and we've got to understand the, the rights that we get from this born again or born from above experience. 
being born of God. And the, the truth is, uh, you know, we've got these rights. And I was like, Lord, we got all these rights. Yeah, it's, it's a birthright. It's nothing that we do. It's just the fruit that we get to experience, right? And so I thought it was interesting that in the Latin, there was these, I guess, at least in North America, there's the, you know, I can't say, well, I did take Latin uh, when I was in high school, my ninth grade year. So Jus Laginus is Latin for right of blood. And Jus Soli is right of soil. So the right of blood, that's very simple. We all have, you know, some understanding of of the blood uh, of Jesus and, and, and what the blood has purchased for us, right? And so, you know, we are citizens of heaven because of his blood, okay? And we could stop right there and just think about that because we don't think about that enough. I mean, I am who I am because of his blood. I am a citizen of another kingdom because of his blood. I was born into the kingdom. I, <laughs> I mean, we need to have a revelation, a, a true kingdom revelation. And it, here's something. Well, this is this is this is true. Um, I was uh, I was uh, on my way to our fellowship, and uh, the Lord had me stop by a uh, a motorcycle store, and it was a Harley Davidson store. And I thought, well, this is interesting, you know, <laughs> okay. And uh, I don't have a, a motorcycle. And so I, I walk into the Harley Davidson store and it was nice, you know, a lot of leather, you know, a lot of bikers. Um, there were bikers that were getting lessons on, on how to, I guess, bike. There were people in the store buying all the different paraphernalia. And I was walking around, and they were talking to me like, you know, as since I walked in the store, they assumed that I was a biker, and um, I'm not a biker. And so I was thinking, why am I here? I thought I was have some kind of divine um, connection or divine appointment or meet somebody or witness or I don't know. I was just I was just following the leader, and the leader said, go into the Harley store. So I'm in the Harley store, walking around. Um, trying to figure out why I'm there, look at leather stuff and leather vests and leather pants and leather, leather, leather and, and helmets and boots. And I'm thinking, well, maybe the Lord's going to bless me with a motorcycle, which would be amazing because I would need lessons too, right? Anyway, so we spend time there. I buy a bandana. I get back in the car, go to church thinking, why was I there? And I, I finally said, Lord, why did you go? In, why was I in there? And he goes, what did you notice about that place? I said, uh, I don't know. They were a lot of leather. Girls had leather. Guys had leather. A lot of leather. He's like, no. He says, you, you entered into the, the Harley-Davidson kingdom. I said, what do you mean? Well, there was a culture there. There was a dress code. There was their own language. They all were in fellowship. They all had something in common. And I was like, so, he says, like, in my kingdom, um, everyone has things in common. And, uh, and in my kingdom, um, I am the one that everyone's focused on. And if people realize they're citizens of the kingdom, their language would change. Their, their, not their physical wardrobe, but they would put on garments of mantles of humility and authority. Everything would change 
if they knew who they were as citizens. And I said, are you telling me that the biker people have a better revelation of kingdom than the church people do who are going into the kingdom? He said, yep. I said, well, well why is it? And he said, because they are seeking to be a part of that group. And many people in the church are not seeking to be a part of the kingdom because they think they, they get automatic status or citizenship when they die. And they're waiting for death to take them, for them to enjoy the kingdom. And they don't have to. And so even right now, we've got to change our mentality because we have relationship with the king. He, by his blood, right birthright, blood right, we, he's made us citizens of this kingdom. And we need to know the rights of the kingdom. And the best way is to spend time with the king. And he'll tell you. He'll tell you directly. Or he'll give you one of his magistrates to teach you about the ways of the kingdom. Or somebody else who's already an uh, uh, active citizen in the kingdom might be the one that's going to be your mentor. right? And we need to be open and willing for uh, citizens of the kingdom to be our mentors and not wait till we die to understand the kingdom, okay? That's this bonus, right? Um, so, you know, being born from above is a good thing. Being born, born of God is even a better thing. The word born of God is, um, um, say, uh, obviously it's a Greek word, but uh, it's, it means generate. Um, every time that you believe what Jesus says, that he is the way, and you follow the way, and you uh, go through the veil which he tore, and you enter into the kingdom while you're still breathing on planet Earth, and you step across because you were already translated from darkness to the kingdom of light, and you believe Ephesians 2 when it says he seated you in heavenly places. When you start believing and acting on that, every time you step over, you're transformed. Every time you step back, you're transformed. Every time you go there and back, there and back, there and back, something in you changes. Okay? Um, and it's even better when you start believing the changes. But every time you do it, whether you, and this is fun, whether you know it or not. And so the fun thing is, most of us who uh, enjoy worship, um, we by default go into the kingdom, we're in his presence. And we're being changed. That's why we like worship so much. We like soaking. We like being focused. Because we've entered in the kingdom through the gate called worship. And we're in his presence. And everything is good, right? And then when the song's over, this is the bad part, we, we let the worship team or the CD or even our own personal song open a door. And when we stop engaging, the door closes. We come back and we go... Wow, I wish they would come back. I wish the song been over. I wish, 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 wish. But it's like, but the real thing isn't the music. The music just opened the door because our spirit went in that door. We're in his presence. We were changed. We uh, put on that garment of praise. We did a transaction for the spirit of heaviness or the spirit of normal. And, uh, and, we, and we've come back in, into that deal, right? So, um, so many of us have been in his kingdom, in his presence. We didn't know it. We just liked it. But the good thing is we can enter um, on purpose, not just by music, by, but mostly by desire, if we are seeking that relationship, 
right? Um, John eight thirty eight is a is a is a good principle, and uh, it's also it a, really a a slap in the face of the Pharisees, but it's a powerful truth. Let me read it to you. Um, I tell you things which I have seen and learned at my Father's side, and your actions also reflect what you have heard and learned from your Father. And so, you know, in the and so John chapter eight is a is a uh, is a, is a, a powerful uh, chapter um, because you know they're trying to go. Jesus, who are you? And most of our lives, we are allowed to ask the same question. They, the Pharisee guys, they thought they knew, and they were doing their interrogation, except for they were going one-on-one or you know, many-on-one against Jesus, who was like, oh, you can, what? You know, our father's Moses. Okay, fine. If your father is Moses, then you'd know who I am. I was there. Well, no, you're, 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 you don't have a father. And they went you know, round and round. Well, my father is this. And then, so then Jesus says this, look, here's the deal. I have seen and learned from my father and my father's God. I mean, that's, that's like blasphemy. But the thing is, you know, you, everyone on this call, everyone who's listening to this, uh, this message, who has a relationship, who's born of God, you can say uh, without any... Um, pride or any fear that your father's God. Okay. Now the real test is you can go, you know, on your worst day, look in the mirror and say, my daddy is the creator of all things and he loves me. I don't care if I can't pay my bill or get online to Skype. I don't care if my tire is flat or in my case, my father's in the hospital. Uh, it's still good because my father is not only creator of everything, my father has given me access to him. I can see and learn from his side. Or I can be like normal people and learn from the devil. I choose to be non-normal and take the package called life, which my Father has given me, and I choose to believe that the Father of everything wants to spend time with me, and I want to spend time with Him, and I want to get to know Him. If we start making those kind of choices, then everything gets changed. Okay, And that's the life that we're called to live, and that's the fun thingy. And again, everything's about relationships. Something I was tripping on here is uh, uh, Jehovah, you know, and I think he, we've all seen those posters, you know, the the names of God. And there's supposedly, and I haven't checked this, not Bible yet. I have the, I had the poster for a long time, but there's a a, a different name of the Father, uh, 365 days or 365 names of God. There's actually more, but it's not just about memorizing those names. It's about knowing those names, you know. And um, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the Lord is showing his character and who he is to you and for you and, and, and with you uh, through his name. And uh, as we walk in his name, and that's a whole cool thing of walking in his name is, uh, okay, that's 30-minute teaching. I'm not going to do that. But 
on, on this name, uh, I was I was listening to a, a message, and uh, I I paused it because I thought that man is wrong, you know. So the cool thing about messages that you know you can put it on pause, and I got my Bible out, and I got a Bible dictionary out, and to my surprise, I was wrong. I hate being wrong, and even even worse is I hate being wrong about spiritual things. Even worse, I hate being wrong. Hate being wrong about something that I've taught, you know. Ah, and so uh, I had always taught for my to myself and to other people, uh, Jehovah Jireh. You know, so Abraham had a revelation of the Father God as he was about to kill his son uh, Isaac. Uh, uh, he's bringing the knife down, and the Lord says, "Stop!" You know, yay. And then, you know, there's a ram in the bush. And so Abraham says, he says something, but the Bible records, he says, the Lord has provided his own uh, sacrifice. And then it says that I, something like, I now know uh, God as Jehovah, Jireh, the Lord who provides. So for decades, you know, and I'm, I've, you know, even sang the song, Jehovah Jireh, my provider is grace. It's a, you know, so that's how old I am. So, and so this, this, this man of God says, nope, it doesn't mean that. I went, yes, it does, because I sang the song. Um, but the literal translation of Jehovah Jireh is the Lord who sees. I'm going, wait a minute here. I've been teaching on seeing. And I, I never thought that God sees, but the literal, so Jehovah, so Jireh means sees. And I'm like going, what? And so once I found out that he was right and I was wrong, I had to repent for, I don't know, a couple of decades of one that belief. Uh, two, now again, it wasn't a bad belief, but we're in a season that we need to quickly adjust to what God is doing and not do like I do and challenge him all the time of, that can't be right. Nope, nope, nope. And stop dragging my heels. But I'm getting getting faster. So for us, the literal translation of Jehovah Jireh is God. Jehovah is God. Um, Jireh is sees, the Lord who sees, right? Now, what does this mean for us? Well, we are loving the Lord who sees, and we're called to see into his kingdom. And if we spend time with him, as we hold him, we're changed to be like him. Um, because we need to see as he sees, um, and the principle is whatever you see, you can have. So when Abraham saw the ram which God provided, he could have the ram. <laughs> when you see that you have a throne, you can sit on your throne. When you see you have authority over a storm, you have authority over the storm. When you see yourself sitting over cities, I mean, two years ago, two years ago, I put on Facebook, my New Year's resolution is to be the principality over five cities. I got people who defriended me for that because they thought principality was a demon. I was like, no, I want to sit as, as, as you know, Jesus has a throne and we have a throne too. Yay. And so we need to be walking in the authority and the power and influence as Jesus has the government's upon his shoulders without end, it's supposed to be on our shoulders too. 
But the thing is, we don't see ourselves as he sees us. Whatever you can see, the principle you can have. And this is, the, is, is a key. But how do we get the seeing part? We spend time with the seer. The greatest seer is our God. Okay? He is the one who sees. You can see it. You can have it. Now, that's not a claim it and frame it type thingy. But it is, it is a principle of, 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 of seeing. And this is, this is where we need to walk into because if we're not seeing it, we can't bring it back on earth and we can't bring the transa transactions and transitions and the terraforming that needs to occur. Um, you know, we, we see how technology is just going, you know. We, we spirit beings need to be changing faster than technology is. Um, you know, from, you know, Two years ago, we look at our smartphones, right? You know, and we're like, wow, five years ago, there wasn't an iPhone, you know. So in spirituality, wow, five years ago, you couldn't go to heaven. You could, no one knew you can, but once we started going, you can. So we need to be changing faster than technology. We can use technology as a measuring stick, but we need to be doing things, not because of just doing it, but because our father wants us to be like him. Okay. Yay! So, I'll do a little pause here. It's, uh, before we get to the, the next session here. So, uh, I feel a lot of stuff out there, and uh, we can pause for a question. So, your options are to jot a question down on the screen. And if you do that, I will repeat it for the tape. Um, or you can go off mute and state your question about what we just talked about or anything else that came up in your spirit. Don't be shy. Okay, who's speaking? Does anyone have a question? Well, this is Karen from Arkansas. And you said something about, um, I wrote it down over here. Uh, let someone that sees in the kingdom mentor you. And um, I guess I'm just responding to that because that's really good. Um, I think that's what's happening right now. <laughs> and um, so... I'm, I'm getting it right that that's what you're saying is, uh, I guess that's a question, is uh, that we should let people that are seeing in the spirit and living out of that realm mentor us. Well, let me, let me say it this way. Um, <clears throat> uh, there's a, there's a two hour, oops, someone go on mute because the background too. Everyone go on mute. Everyone in the UK go on mute. Hello, hello, hello. I'll just the button. Um, okay. So the question was, um, did um, you mean to say that uh, uh, who should be mentoring us in seeing? What I tried to allude to was there are 
either angels, seven spirits of God, uh, people, citizens in the kingdom. Citizens would be like Elijah, Frank, you know, people, people who have gone ahead in the kingdom. They, some of them are trained and skilled and designed to be your mentors, right? Um, two, three years ago, um, in my time of engaging with the Father, the Lord said to me, you need more spiritual friends. Now, there's a tape, uh, tape. On my website, there's a message on called Seven Spirits that talks about that in more depth for a couple hours. But simplicity is, I need to be open to anything the Father wants to place in my life. Okay? I do not need to restrict my, my, the, my king and how he wants to work with me. But because we do. We limit God all kinds of ways. We say things like, you can't do that. Um, I, no one else, I don't know anyone that, that, that happens to. Uh, I want it this way. So we do all kinds of stuff. I'm saying as you start developing your relationship, um, he will lead you and he can say whatever he wants to say to you. If he wants uh, a 10,000 angels to teach you something, you should be open to that. He wants the spirit of wisdom to talk to you. You should be open to that. He wants uh, an angel named whoever. He wants Methuselah, who was on earth 965 years old, to talk to you. He wants Bob Jones to come back. He wants to speak to you in dreams and you know, only in the nighttime. We need to be open to anything the Father is doing in our lives and not restrict him to our understanding. So when I said there are... Um, mentors in the kingdom who are citizens of in in the kingdom of light not on earth who are available to teach us and train us that's what i meant by that not just some mature person who's known god who lives down the street who wants to be our mentor next question But we have to believe for that. And I mean, believe isn't the, I believe, I believe, I believe. It's, wow, Father, I'm open to whatever you want to do in my life. That's the believing I'm talking about. Okay? Not, I'm open to everything I understand. <laughs> That's what we usually say about believing. Hey, I'll do that if I understand. If, if you can explain it to me, God. And God's like, well, okay. It's going to take longer. We're going to go through the desert for 40 years. And wait till you understanding, or you can just accept, right? Okay. Any other questions? I don't. I don't need questions, but I. I feel there's questions out there. So, um, and so this is your opportunity to ask a question, and we'll see if you get an answer. Okay. No questions. Good. All right. So, let's move into the. Um, to the oh, someone's writing a question. Let's move into the um, into the dynamics of seeing. I'm really trying to, you know, stretch our our little brain that we not be limited, you know, by our understanding or limited by our experiences or limited to. Uh, 
our, our knowledge, you know. We, we, we are, wow, we're an everlasting, um, we're not eternal, God's eternal. So God was here before there was, right? And we came after that. So we're going to live f from now until ever. But we had a point of origin, okay, a point where we started. God didn't have a starting point. So God's eternal, right? We're just everlasting. So we had a starting point before we came to earth, right? And from that point, we're going forward, okay? God didn't have that starting point. God always was, right? We've just had time, pre-earth time. We have pre-earth time, earth time, and post-earth time, and out of time. And so we need to be com comfortable in those realms, right? We need to, you know... we. We need to be open to remembering pre-earth time, right? We need to be comfortable with uh, mastering our earth time, as in mastering and learning everything we need to learn here. And we need to be ready for post-earth time in our, in our future self, right? And we need to be embracing all those deals. Yes. Anyway, so... Seeing what does this thing break out to be? So in your, the more that uh, we we review the natural on something, the more that we go, oh, <laughs> well, I do, I go, oh, all the time. But so in the dynamics of seeing, we're going to look at seeing through our natural eyes, uh, seeing through our spirit eyes, and seeing through our imagination. And um, we need to, to get a good handle on on what on what is going on, okay, and what what needs to go on, and um, and that would be good. So, because uh, the, the especially here um, the analogy uh, is, there's a great parallel to when you're born as a child. And you come out of the womb, um, your natural eyes have to adjust to this new realm. Okay, and so so baby womb pop out, and you now begin seeing at that moment. There, your eyes start adjusting. Okay, when you get born again. Um, and you're transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, at that same moment, you can, you have access to seeing in the kingdom of light. Okay? So hopefully, um, you know, so let's pretend like your right hand is you as a baby on planet Earth coming out of your mom's womb, and your left hand is you as a spiritual baby who has been transferred out of darkness, okay, into light, and we're gonna we're gonna do this parallel path. Okay, so either you can sketch your little self, or you can look at your hands like I'm doing here. So, and the parallel is the, is, is the exact parallel. Um, when you were in the womb, you were in darkness, right? Uh, none of you had a, a luminous light in your mother's tummy, okay. When you were 
spiritually dead, you were a citizen of the kingdom of darkness, you were spiritually blind, the lights were off, okay? When uh, you came out of your mother and you entered the kingdom of light, there was, there was light, there was either light in the, in the hospital or if you were born natural, there was sunlight or there was, there was light. And your natural eyes began to adjust to the new environment. Okay, back to your left hand. When you came out of darkness into the kingdom of light, your spiritual eyes got to adjust to the new environment. Now, so there you are, both in light and um, as a baby. This is why Jesus. That's why Jesus says, "Be like a child." The baby continues to look to see, okay? The baby's like, hey, the baby's just like, I can't see. I want to go back where it was. I don't understand what's going on in my eyes. It's all fuzzy. Ooh, I'm being moved around. The baby that, that crying time may be some of the complaining, but the baby is still fully engaged in the act of seeing. Now we, <clears throat> since we're so mature, when we come into the kingdom of light, we go, wait a minute, uh, I'm used to seeing in the natural. I, no one told me about this thing about uh, seeing in the kingdom of light. So I'm not going to continue to look there. I'm going to go get a Bible and maybe go to church. I'm going to stay normal and go that path. What I'm encouraging you to do right now is don't do that. Stay on the path that you're supposed to continue on. This is why some people come to the kingdom and they see. I mean, they're like, they get set. One day they're doing drugs. Next day they hear the message. The next day they see everything. And you go, how come you can see it? I've been a Christian and believer for 85 years. And uh, I, 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 well, that's a whole different message about belief systems. So we'll talk about that a little bit. But the analogy. You get born again, every born again person can see in the kingdom. But sometimes we don't perceive because we don't either believe or we don't continue looking. And I want to talk about the continue looking. <clears throat> A baby comes out the womb, it's looking, it wants to engage in the new realm. You as a believer have to want to engage into the kingdom realm. Okay, key word there. You've got to want to engage. You've got to want to be in a relationship. You've got to want to continue. You've got to want to. You've got to set your desire to be an active, to be active in the kingdom. That's why in the natural, babies are moving around. They are trying to engage with their new realm. They're moving fingers, hands, arms. They're blinking eyes a little bit. They're adjusting. They're adjusting to the new realm. We, when we come to the kingdom of God, we go... We stare, and then we go, uh, this is not normal to me. And in a sense, we go back into the womb. We go back into darkness because we're more familiar with that. Babies, darn it, they can't go back in. <laughs> okay. They probably would like to because everything was taken care of. They had a little feeding tube, and they were nice and warm, and they were buoyant. They're floating around. It's all good. But nope, you can't go back. All right. And so we as believers need to, need to stay out of the darkness 
and start exploring the kingdom. We gotta have that sense of adventure, like, okay, it's another day. Day, you know, we need to like Star Trek, star date, three, nine, one, five. I'm a kingdom citizen. Today, I'm going through a different door. The Lord's with me. Yes, we're entering another door. It doesn't matter what's on the door handle, we're entering, exploring the kingdom of God because it's his good pleasure to give me the kingdom. He's given to me. I'm now exploring it. I'll be back. We didn't have that kind of experience because every time we come conscious or unconscious, the kingdom is like, come know me. Come see me. Come experience me. Come. I've been created for you. Our Father, the Creator, has given me to you. Come and engage me. But we go, I don't, I, I don't think it's there. Well, babies don't have the luxury of making the decisions. So be more babyish and you just go for it. Okay? Babies work on depth perception. You know, day one, moment one, they're trying to figure out, is that a nose? What's a nose? It's something coming towards me. Just minutes ago, nothing came towards me. Oh, there was a thing that, oh, someone calls it a hand, but now there's things that are not attached to me coming towards me. This is weird. So they're adjusting, right? Same thing in, in the spirit realm. You've got to, the more time you spend in the spirit realm, the more you'll adjust to it. It's just like in the natural, when you go into a dark room, if you stay there long enough in the dark room, your eyes will adjust to the environment. Same thing spiritually. But the part is you have to believe that you can see, so you'll stay in the room and see, right? Same thing in the kingdom. It's like, okay, well, you know, I did that prayer with that mentoring group, and, you know, everyone else said they saw something, and I didn't see anything, but I listened to it, and, you know, they talked about a river, they talked about the grass, they talked about the angel, they talked about the blue sky, they talked about the gold path. I didn't see any of that, so it must not be for me. That's, that's you lying to yourself, okay? So what do you do when supposedly everyone's seeing everything and you're not sensing, feeling, knowing anything. What do you do in reality? Well, you don't get mad. <laughs> you're just going to go, okay, well, what is my foundation? My foundation is my relationship. I'm related to the invisible God. I'm related to God like Enoch was related to God. Enoch walked for 300 years with God. And then he was taken. It does not say Enoch saw God for 300 years. It says Enoch walked by faith with God for 300 years. And then the relationship went to a different phase. None of us on this call are 300 years old on earth time. Okay. And so you, like Enoch, should go, I'm going to walk with the Lord today. I'm going to explore this kingdom, which he has been so good to give me. Well, I'm walking in the kingdom. I am not basing my inter interaction with the kingdom based on what I feel, sense, or see. I'm basing on what he said. And I'm going to keep believing that, what he said, and not what my eyes are showing me. What does that do? It allows 
your spiritual senses to adjust to this invisible kingdom, and you'll start engaging at the level that the Father wants you to engage in. So when everyone is saying, I see a blue sky, and you're going like, I see nothing, don't go there. Go to the Father and say, I'm rejoicing that you've given me the kingdom. And I believe everything you're saying to me. And I thank you for this relationship. And I'm glad my friends on the call in the room are having a good time saying what they're seeing. And I'm having just as good a time because I'm with you. If he becomes your focus, it does not matter what you see or sense because it's not the deal. It's not about sensing the scene. It's about the relationship. Okay. Do not be suckered into the comparison game. What did you see when on the trip? How big was your angel? Do not get fixated on that. You need to be enjoying your relationship with the Father. Okay? If you do that, then all will be well. Okay? And when you do start seeing your angels and everything, you won't be, you won't fall out, first of all, because it's not a big deal. You won't freak out, okay? Everyone who freaks out and does weird things is because they're not used to their relationship with the Father, okay? That's a little tip here. I saw an angel, and I wet my pants. Well, it means because you, your relationship with the Father isn't that real because the Father's the most awesome thing that's there, right? There's no angel. There's no creature. There's no demon. There's no created thing that's more dun dun da, you know, than God. So that just means that if you're dealing with something that causes you to be, <gasps> you need to spend more time with the Father. Okay. So it's all about staying on the journey, staying engaged, be like a baby, continue to engage with the environment you're in there. We need times of engagement, not times of comparison. Let me say that again. We've been trained directly and indirectly to compare testimonies, to compare, compare, compare. That's demonic. <laughs> it's demonic, right? All comparison leads you to is, man, I wish I could. And that's not relationship. That's comparison. And that's almost adultery. That's idolatry. And you're, then you, you silently blame God because you go, you're showing things to people you're not showing to me. What have I done wrong? What do they do right? It's not about that. That's that little comparison cycle that takes you in the frustration, right? We don't need that. We need the focus on our relationship, right? And enjoy him. Get to know him, right? And, and it's, 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 you got to start someplace. My first pastor, I made an appointment. Uh, I called the secretary up and said, I'd like to, 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 uh, I'd like to have time with the pastor one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. Is that allowed? Well, of course it is, Wally. Okay, thank you. So how do I get time with this very busy man? Oh, he's got time. Really? I, would, I didn't believe it. I thought, you know, the pastor of my first church was doing special things. And that's how some of we view God. Well, God is with Wally, and he's with New Mystic, he's with those Facebook people, and he's with 
everybody else but me. There's no time. Lie. So I set my appointment with my earthly pastor. I showed up at his office. He warmly greeted me. I acted like I'd never seen him before. I reached out and shook his hand, didn't hug, because I was trying to, you know, I sat, you know, way far away from him. I had a list of questions. So, and I, you know, tell me about your, I mean, it was really weird, but I kept setting those appointments so I could get more, um, I could learn who he was. I could learn that he accepted me. I could learn, I was learning these things that he was, he was real. A lot of us don't believe that God is real. And if God is real, we don't believe what he says. We just, we, we believe what we think and not what he says. We start judging what is said. We judge what he said. We compare with other people. We compare their experiences. So how are you and God doing? Well, you know, I prayed and, and my husband died. My friend died. Everyone died. My pastor, who I got to know, when <laughs> the first 10 people that he laid hands on for healing died. When he first told me that, I thought, well, I hope you didn't keep doing that. He says, I kept doing it. So why would you do that? More people will die. <laughs> you know, he wasn't basing his belief on what he saw. He was blazing, he was basing his activity on his relationship. His lover said, believers lay hands to the sick and they are healed. Even though the first 10 people he laid hands on died, he was not being moved by what he saw or what actually happened. He was being, he was living from his relationship. His best friend, soon-to-be lover, person he was getting to know called God, called Jehovah, said, if you keep laying hands on people, they'll recover. Don't worry about the death thing. I'll tell you about that later. I wanted to know now. I'm not going to lay hands on anybody until you explain why they're dying. You know, if you do that, that's, that's, you know, that will put a little cramp into your relationship. Isn't it important to know why they're dying? What's important is you to have a relationship. Okay. Don't be distracted by death. Okay. It's a trick. Be enthralled with the lover of your soul. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm, and that's just true. So anyway, so here I am in my pastor's office, right? And the first time I went in there, the office looked so big. I look at it now, and it's like, it was small. But I had fear, you know. I didn't know what he'd say to me. I didn't know how he'd treat me. had all these questions and issues and issues from my past, issues with authority. And so until you start going face-to-face -face with the Father... All those issues cannot come to the surface, right? Um, a lot of us don't see because we're afraid. We're afraid of God. We're afraid to see something He wants to show us. So even Turnley said, "I don't know you that well until we, you know, until you prove yourself to me. I'm not going to trust you." So eyes and senses, you guys go on. Mm, oh. Don't be at full level. Just kind of be, be aware, you know. But don't respond because we're not, sh we're not sure about him, you know. 
Or, um, well, Sue told me every angel has a blue sash, two wings, and a gold sword. All right, senses. Anything with a sash, wings, and a sword, that's an angel. Now, we're now, we're now hardwiring, we're now pre-programming our senses, okay, to only say angels have gold swords, sashes, gowns, and stuff. And that's, and here's the funny thing is, <laughs> if, you, if you believe that, all your angels will show up looking like that. <laughs> because that's how you think. You're thinking, no, they will show themselves based on what they are. No, you will see them based on your belief system. Yeah, that doesn't preach very well. You will see everything in the kingdom based on what you believe. So if your belief system is filtered by your experiences or books you read or movies you watched, or things people have told you, you will see based on what you believe, not what is true, because we hold to our experiences, our belief systems, and if you believe you can't see, well, you won't see. If you believe that demons are bigger than angels, well, then out of fear, you'll shut down that stuff. That's what I did. I shut down my seer ability because I didn't want to be scared. Therefore, I said to myself, I don't see anything, good or bad, because what if I'm looking good, 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 and I see something bad, and I get scared forever? So I didn't want to be scared forever. So I said, let's shut it all down, and we'll just talk the game. Yeah. We'll justify our lack of seeing. My, my, my lack of seeing was motivated by fear, right? And I buried that in so deeply, I didn't know that my motivation was fear and not faith or not trust, okay, until I, I trusted my father and realized that he would protect me when I was in faith, he'd protect me when I was in fear, he'd protect me because he loved me, not because of what I did for him, when I finally, that clicked, I was like, so if you'll protect me, and you're undefeated, and you can kick everything's butt because you created everything, and you're almighty, you're the Lord of hosts, and you love me, then what should I be afraid of? Nothing. That took years of learning to trust him. Now, I was slow. You guys aren't as slow as I am. Okay. So, uh, the imagination. Oh, my goodness. The imagination is an amazing thing. So, for those of us who want to, you know, go the slow route, you know, the, the imagination is kind of like, well, I mean, I read Einstein's quote. Imagination is more important than knowledge. The first time I read that, I said, Einstein's a liar. And, but and I'm starting to believe this. But imagination will help your little brain adjust to spiritual things. And I was, I was reminded, you know, for those who watch Star Trek, not this is an endorsement. Yes, it is. This is, I'm endorsing Star Trek. On the Star Trek series, um, there was a thing called a holograph deck, a shortened holodeck, and they could see and do and experience anything they wanted to. That's your imagination, you know. So, you read a cool Bible story about, let's do, you're all women, so let's do the Esther 
You know, she's a good one. We won't go Deborah because it's kind of bloody. We'll go Esther. We all want to be Esthers, right? We all want to go before the king and see him extend that scepter out. We all want to bathe in oil for six months and then six more months of oil and look radiant and be selected as queen and walk in authority and da 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 and have an uncle called Mordecai. Yay! Okay. If your imagination doesn't see that as you're reading the scriptures, it's hard to believe that you can be walking in that kind of queenly authority, right? If you engage your imagination to put a picture on those words and a picture on that oil and a picture of that scepter the king has and a picture of this king was the ruler of the known world and a picture of all this stuff, then... Uh, that's that's what imagination is for is to allow you to put a picture and you can hold that picture until you your till your spirit senses catch up to what you believe so until you believe use your imagination yay and that's how I do that now, we've got to realize that imagination is not bad. Um, we've got to realize that God values imagination. And I, in, in your handout, I wrote down, or whatever, typed up, Genesis 6, verse 5, and Genesis 11, verse 6. And those scriptures really give you a good idea of how God sees imagination. And now we need to use imagination because... Again, it's our servant, right? And we don't want to live in imagination. We want to use imagination until we're fully engaged and comfortable and familiar with our Father and our, our senses believe what's true and not believe what it doesn't believe. So we can do imagination, right? That's that's one of the, the benefits of our imagination. And uh, it's a good deal of that. Now, we've got to, uh, it's good to redeem your imagination, which means, you know, you feed it um, with godly desire and godly wants, and then you have godly things. Um, if you just put anything in there, then you've got, you know, stuff, right? So we don't put faith or our trust, or our foundation, or our imagination. Our imagination is just a play area, right? And and if you treat it as a play area, it will help you get to where, um, because in your imagination, you can fly. Wow. In God's kingdom, you can fly. On earth realm, earth kingdom, you can't fly. Now, out of those three realms, two of them are correct, one is wrong. So until I start flying in heaven, I can fly in my imagination so that when I start flying in heaven, I'm ready for it. So I can practice in my imagination. I can get prepared for things which I don't believe yet. Let me say it again. I can do things which I don't believe yet in my imagination. I can actually grow in faith in my imagination and then step into the kingdom. That's what your imagination is for. Yay. Okay. That's where our dreams happen, our imagination. So 
God, a fun thing God does is he gets you dreaming and you start believing that God's with you in your dream. You start doing these exploits in your dream and you're happy. This, you feel safe and secure. Dream, dream, dream. I believe I'm doing this in dream. I'm going to countries in my dream and I'm dealing with this in my dream. Dream, 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 dream. And somewhere there, you start believing that God really does love you and he will take you to countries and stuff. And your dreams go from your imagination to real. And you're actually not dreaming and having a vision. You're actually going to countries. You're going into dimensions and time zones and you're doing stuff. You think it's your imagination. You think it's just something's going on while you're sleeping. You're going like, wow, that was so vivid. It felt like I... Oh, my goodness. It was, but it was only a dream. Nope. You sort of believe in that. And God goes, okay, she's now in faith. Let's move her out of simulation, imagination, into his reality. And you were actually doing those things, right? Because you were not, you left, leave, you left your understanding and entered into the kingdom. And he knew that you were ready for that because you started believing in what you were seeing in that vision deal, once you started believing in everything, he could put you in the real thinking. And you performed awesomely because you believed that you could do it. If you don't believe you can do it, you don't get to leave imagination world. But when you start believing, because of relationship, you get to go do that. And so a lot of us believe in our bedtime time. We don't believe in our conscious time because we're more legalistic than we want to say out loud so that's what goes on so so God's like I'm going to waste my time if they'll only believe in their dream time okay I've got them for six to eight hours all right let's go do stuff Woo-hoo! you know but the cool thing is we're supposed to be doing that 24 hours a day and not just when we're laying on the bed I will send you your notes later. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just about believing, 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 believing. We get to believe. Um, so, um, yeah, that's good. So, uh, there's a page in your notes that talks about all the sources, and so we've talked about senses. We've got to believe that not only do we have eyes, um, and ears and nose and touch and taste and intuition, all those senses, you know, uh, uh, are parallel in the spirit realm. Okay, and we need to believe that. If you don't believe that, then they won't they won't turn on for you. And it's just like it's why you know it just you know, come to me as a child. Ch- children don't think about it; they just do. Right? Children are not comparing with their past because children don't have a past, you know, they just got there, right? And so we adults start comparing, well, you know, if it was really God, then I would feel this way. Who who said that? You know, it's you being a God to yourself and you um, a law unto yourself. We got to drop those laws and just go, I'm going to do it, right? Um, you know, you can watch a movie called uh, Hook with Robin Williams. You know, that's a great little deal about you know believing. You know, um, 
here's my plug for you know having a journal. Um, these things that you start seeing um, in the daytime, nighttime, during worship, uh, whatever, start writing them down. What happens is when you write something down, when you record it, you're putting greater value on it because you're taking time. Time is associated with value to, you know, uh, what's the example? So right now, you know, wherever you guys are in well, several nations and whatever, um, um, you should, in your notebook right now, either sketch out your little stick figure of an angel you know, you know, I, my, my gifting is not artistry, but, um, I've started to change my confession and say, well, I enjoy my sketching. And when I sketch something out, it puts some more concrete, uh, it makes, it makes the things I see more real to me. So I would encourage you even right now in, in your non-journal, where's my journal at? Well, the back of my notes, I am drawing um, someone who's in this room with me. Now, I know, and this is where you get to believe it or not, there are citizens of the kingdom um, in your rooms too. Now, this is not to be uh, a fear thing. This is, they were there before you. Believe it or not. Now, the simple act of drawing or you know, taking my word for it or taking the Bible's word that says that um, you've been, Hebrews 10, I believe it is, you've been translated to Mount Zion where there's a numerous amount of angels and uh, the church, the firstborn, um, and or the cloud of witnesses type deal. Any of those words, my word or God's word or his scripture about it, um, there are those who are with you. Um, some are angels. Some are um, people who have left Earth and hanging up there, and and they you're part of their destiny, and your success is their success because it's a team effort. So, if you take a moment to sketch out an individual, and yours could look like my little stick guy here who's happy. And who's in this room, who's helping me to teach, who is actually learning a few things about how to be a better citizen in the kingdom. So I'm receiving his encouragement. And there are those, they're not, you know, they're not praying per se, but their faith for you to change is like prayer. You know, we've kind of made the word prayer almost a magic word, so we're going to not do that. But, so, if there's a spiritual being, and there is, in your house, apartment, flat, whatever the word you, place you're at right now, and, and there are, they are for you and not against you. And their for or their faith is helping you receive revelation about stuff that you weren't able to receive um, um uh, yesterday, last week, last month, they are opening a door of revelation for you right now. I know that um, I was assigned some uh, just a few months ago um, two 
I I wanted to say Seraphim, but I haven't got that word confirmed. But they have fire, and um, they are uh, creating environments when I teach for revelation to go forth. So those angels who were newly assigned to me just a few weeks ago are teaming with other citizens of the kingdom in your locations in Canada and the West Coast and Mid-America, Arkansas and England and wherever you are, Karen, with your two-year-old sleeping who's getting their own lesson, spiritual lesson take, getting. Um, they're ministering to you. Um, and so every time that we take a moment to sketch our, an unseen reality, we make it a reality us to us, okay? Um, so now you don't have to do that, but I'm just telling you this is an exercise that um, will make the unseen more real to you than it was oh, two minutes ago, okay? And so when you have your little sketch done, you get to review your sketch and go, wow, the ones that are here don't look like that because mine has this cool little, well, I wanted it to be a, a sea ship hat, but it doesn't look like that. That's how I imagine it. And that looks like a giant Hershey's Kiss, which is not what I was trying to do. But... Um, I can review, so I have a real image drawn on a piece of paper, and after this call is over, I can revisit my drawing, and it will bring back a memory, and every time I review that, the in my brain, in my natural brain, I'm now reprogramming myself to believe that there are unseen people here, and every time I make the little sign-ups sign fire across my brain, I'm building a groove in my brain that says, I believe in the invisible. And every time I do something to reinforce that groove in my brain, it's easier for me next time to see the unseen. <laughs> so you even go further. You can, you can put names with the person you see there. And this is, <laughs> who are you? The encourager, right? So encourager is, is helping me to have no fear of man. Or more importantly, have no fear of what you're thinking. <laughs> and to be free. So encourager here, I have an angel named Free at Last. Free at Last um, really is a protector of me. Um, I have another angel named Promise. Promise reminds me of the promises the Father has for me. So Encourager, who's here in this room, is encouraging me, is working with my spirit team, Promise at least, to make sure I am free to deliver the word that I'm supposed to and not uh, water it down because I want to be accepted by you people. Um, I'm working on... <clears throat> Being, I'm doing things to be accepted by my father, which he does accept me, but and not to perform for people. Okay, so that's fun for me. So that's that's the benefit of having a journal and actually taking the time to to jot things down. 
it reinforces the things that you're doing. Someone wanted to share something? Which is okay. Sorry, that was me. I got kicked off and I'm back on and I was just looking at my angel here and um, asking what uh, his his name was and, and I just started to feel the presence of God. So sorry, I forgot I wasn't muted. No, that's good. We're, we're at, so any, anybody else want to share on the, on the lines? And this is a real exercise that, you know, I just made up, but it's something that you all can do uh, anytime, you know. Um, yeah, that's, 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 you know, so a person wrote down, sometimes I forget too fast before I get to write it down. And if you will do, I mean, I, I have, I have pieces of paper, I have work notebooks, which are usually for my work notes, but when I get the, the when I take the time, and again, this is, it's becoming a real habit, right? When I take the time to do some kind, when I take the, the, the thing I see in my imagination, wherever I see it, and put it on paper, I'm telling you, it just gets reinforced. But I'm the same way. So the Lord, three years ago, says, you're thinking too fast, You've got to learn how to meditate. So I've talked about meditating in two of my books. But uh, when you just grab anything and drop down something, whether it's a straight line, an arrow, a star, um, it will trigger what you saw back to your imagination. And when you do have time, you can draw it later. But it's building on that. And so, um, and, it, and, it's, and we're all in different places, right? Um, I just noticed in the last few years, the more that I sketch, the better my sketches are becoming, not for, for others, but the more my sketches are matching what I'm seeing. Does that make sense? And so it's getting closer and closer. Still not, I'm not quite yet to where I can see exactly what, I mean, I can draw exactly what I see, but I can draw something that reminds me of what I saw. Does that make sense? And that's that's a, that's a key thing. And so the thing is, um, we've we've got to get you to where your 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 mind, your brain is not your limitation because your brain, your belief system, dictates what you're able to engage with, right? So, like I said earlier, if you believe that, you know, uh, everything in the kingdom is 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 in a, a Roman deal that angels only have uh, Roman swords and Roman artillery and spears and lances, well, that's all you'll see them with. And you'll go like, you know, then you'll wonder in your natural mind, how come we've got lasers and angels don't? Well, who says they don't? Well, you know, on Bible Christian television, they have swords. Okay. Angels are older than we are. They've got technology that's more advanced than our technology. <gasps> technology is not in the kingdom. Technology is everywhere. Right? So, where do you think technology comes from? <laughs> so, um, we have to start living where we're not restrained by anything. Um, we, we're spirit beings who have a soul and we live in a body, um, um, 
we need to live in that order. But we have to get used to it, right? Um, some people automatically adjust. Others, like myself, drag our feet. But the, the more that we condition and train our brain, that we establish our belief systems, um, the more refined and it's easier for us to engage into, into the spirit realm. Okay. Um, and then it gets even funner, right? I mean, the technical word, I guess, is neuroplasticity, which means that we get to change our brain or change the way we interpret things that, that come there. Everything that we see, whether it's through our eyes, through our imagination, through our spirit eyes, it goes to the same place, the back of our brain. Um, on that little brain plate, image plate, uh, all images, spirit images, imagination images, natural images, they're all, all appear there. Um, they appear based on what you are used to seeing, right? And this is where, you know, you can condition your brain to accept spiritual things. If, if your brain can accept things from your imagination, it's an easy jump to accept things which you've never seen before. And so things like, you know, my evolution, is that the right word? My yeah, evolution you know, in this context of, you know, when we all want to hear from the Father or see things from the Father, you know, I did in the beginning start with my imagination. And then it got to where, you know, and I, I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty brilliant, so I'd have little conversations with myself. <clears throat> but whenever statements that were beyond me, I was like, wait a minute, where did that come from? Okay, there's no possible way I know that fact. And I would start contributing that to the Lord. And then he goes, since I believe it was from him, I got more stuff. And so as I started leaning not on me and started trusting that he was real and he spoke, I got more. But it was based on my belief system, not based upon him, because he was always talking. I just didn't believe he'd say anything. Everyone can draw stick men because it's just lines. Okay. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I do that too. <laughs> and so, uh, for those in the tape, if uh, if you if if you see something, and this is this is true, a lot of my my pictures, I will Google and find an image of what I saw, right? And I I believe sometimes that there's probably some scribe angel that's out there creating the images off, on the internet so I can, because I used to spend like hours clicking and clicking and clicking, put it in some word, you know, to, to be a picture of what I saw because I couldn't draw it. But other times there were, there, I, I was at one meeting, I saw something and I, there was no way in the world I could have drawn it. But in the room was a guy who was an artist and I said, here's my notebook. I want you to draw a hand and in the middle of the hand, a diamond. He goes, why? Just draw it. <laughs> and he did. And it was what I saw. Now, I got the hand and the diamond on my notebook so that when I went home, I could, re so I could look at the image in my notebook 
and remember what I saw in the spirit. Okay. And so that worked out. So some of you have friends that will draw. Or you can wait out. If I can't draw it, I'll write out the description, right? And I maybe go to, to Google for the image, you know, and find the image. Uh, but all that works. But, I, but again, when I take the time to try to draw what I saw, something about that extra effort, um, it just does something different. I think it's, I don't, I don't know why, it's just something about it. But I do that too. I will go find an image out there. Yeah, I like the word. Uh, what I've done is push myself to, to just try and release what I see. And that, that, that push is, is something there. Okay. There's something about that, which is, I, I don't have words to describe it, but there's something about going beyond uh, your ability and you end up someplace else, right? So it's, you know. Uh, so the goal, so the goal that I'm talking about is seeing is really about relationship, right? Um, the purpose of seeing is so that I can do something with my father. That's the goal, and that's relationship. I want to see so I can be with my father. I don't want to see so I can tell people I saw. I want to see so I can say, hey, Dad, look what we did. I want to see so I can do something with my father. That's, that's it. The purpose of seeing is to engage and be effective and, all, and active in all realms. And we've got to get, take the lid off the word all. All means all, all, all. It's, it's a lot of all, right? I mean, it's, it's I mean, ah. My, uh, I want to say my first real vision, but it wasn't my first real vision. But this is uh, at my first Ian Clayton conference. I thought I knew what all was, and um, he was sharing about that scripture in Romans about you know the sons of God have manifested in, in, in all creation, all creation is groaning. Well, my definition of all on that Friday night was uh, my dad's dog, a piece of a patch of grass, and a and a set of trees. And Ian started describing all as all the galaxies that are visible through the, um, the Hubble telescope and all the galaxies which are not visible through the Hubble telescope. And he started describing that all creation wasn't just what I could see or comprehend. It was the big and the small. It was everything. He starts going on and describing all creation. And I'm sitting there going, like, I, know. I said to myself, I know that verse. And he's still talking about creation and stars and and uh, light years and quasars and stuff. He's just, just he's just talking and stuff. And I was like, and so something to me agreed with his definition of all. And that was the first time, and I, I I can recall that I actually left uh, that realm, and I was now in. A, I don't know, I wasn't asleep, I was at a conference, uh, fully awake, uh, but all of my senses were not in that room anymore, and either, you know, either I was gone, or, so I don't know, anyway, so 
next thing I knew, I was looking at myself as a baby, and I was in being held by Father God. So that was weird, the one I knew I was the baby, and I knew God was holding me. And so I was in awe of just that moment, and I was in awe that I could, you know, leave the conference that I had paid money for and driven several hours to get to, but all of a sudden I was someplace else, and I was this baby, and I was in a diaper, and I was being held by these big hands, and I knew it was God's hands holding me, and then as I took in that moment, then the Lord spoke to me, which was even more amazing, and he says, you are my son, and that revelation of I was a son of God because he said it, you know, that was amazing. And I was trying to, uh, I say, uh, embrace those words. I don't know what that really means. I was trying to believe what he said. I knew what he said. And it was like I wanted to, I don't know, be a sponge and let those words he spoke just vibrate through me and around me and all that kind of stuff. And so I was trying to do that, trying to capture what this moment and then either I turned around or he turned me around and I was facing the other way and I saw creation and creation in this moment was stars and animals and everything God had created was looking at me and I was looking at it, which I don't know how you can see all of creation, but I know all of creation was looking at me and I was looking at all creation and then all of creation said with one voice, this is a son of God. And I went, wait a minute here. They know who I am. God knows who I am. But do I know who I am? And I was like going, wait a minute. Creation knows. God knows. I should know, but I don't know. And I was trying to fathom this moment. And before I could grasp it, creation says, when is he going to be? And when they said that, I went, what am I going to be? And I was out of it. I was back in the conference, back in the front row, and Ian was talking about something. And I went, oh, my gosh. And then in my notebook, I drew a very, very bad sketch. But it was, it was enough of a sketch to, when I got back to my room, to trigger the whole thing back. And I went, I Googled, because the image I saw was a scene out of very much like uh, the Lion King when uh, Simba was being held out over the savannah and the animals of the savannah. And so I found that image, put it on Facebook, and then typed out what I experienced. And that was my f first real live revelation of my sonship. Right? And... Uh, and that's true for all of y'all. But again, it came out of relationship, right? And there's so much that comes out of relationship that we just believe what he says, right? But it started with me believing a new definition of, of all, right? And if I could have ran back the tape, there was a tug of war, you know, that I, I was trying to hold to my definition and not release my definition to embrace the father's definition. And then I don't know if I did it on purpose or accidentally. I said, okay, let's check into your all. Right. And at the same thing, I'm talking about seeing what is the father's definition of seeing for you.
it's not what you think it is, it's what he knows it is, right? And we need to start embracing what he knows, not what we think he knows, and definitely not what we know. What we know is so, <laughs> is so low, you know, because um, he's so good. So, <clears throat> the purpose of seeing is uh, it's about seeing the one that you know, right? And everything else is just whatever. Um, there's uh, <laughs> let's go back to Habakkuk if you want to. Oh, wow. So, in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1, um, seeing, I mean, it, it's not about formula. And I'm going to say, hopefully, you know, someone someday will listen to this message and say, you said relationship 248 times. Well, actually, that's a real count. But it's about relationship, and relationship is about positioning, too, you know. It's like if we're a couple, I don't know if any of y'all can remember your first kiss, but as a guy, it was awkward to me, because then it was like, you know, what's the angle of my head, and how how tight to hold you, and um, where's the angle of your head, and how much, you know, do I open my mouth, do you open your mouth, I don't want to open my mouth, you're not opening your mouth, how much do my lips open a little bit? All that adjustment is like the dance that we have with the Father. You've got to start dancing. It's, it's awkward, so it's okay to be awkward, you know? <clears throat> Just like my first time with my, my, my pastor, it was awkward. But we can't be afraid to start the relationship with the king. And in Habakkuk chapter 2, um, as he was relating and about to engage with the kingdom... And, you know, we all need a renewed mind or a renewed definition of the kingdom because it's it's bigger and broader. And there's, again, citizens in the kingdom, and they're all, like, alive. Everything in the kingdom's alive, which is freaky because everything in our world's not alive. You know, we don't, you know, I don't look at the grass and go, you're alive. Well, actually, I do kind of now. But, um, but everything in the kingdom is alive, and everything that's alive has a purpose. And a lot of those things in the kingdom have purposes that are, that are uh, need to be uh, interactive with you. And unless you believe that, you won't interact with them, and they won't interact with you because they're waiting for you to believe that they exist and believe that they believe they have a purpose in your life, not just you know whatever. But we need to be again believers on this. Okay, Habakkuk two verse one. Let me read this. Oh, I think it's amplified. Oh, I know I have been rash to talk out plainly this way to God. I will, in my thinking, stand upon my post of observation and station myself on the tower, and I will watch to see what he will say. So I'm going to watch to see. <laughs> you know, I'm going to I'm going to look. I'm going to watch to see what he'll say, so I can look for his words. What does that mean? I'm going to look with my spiritual eyes for his words. Well, we, again, don't limit yourself. It's really setting yourself to engage. <clears throat> we all need to figure out what is our position of engagement. Is it, is it 
worship tapes? Is it silence? Is it sitting? Is it kneeling? Is it communion? What is it that we got to do to get in that place, in that zone, right? So that um, we can position ourselves to engage with the Father, right? What do you do to engage, you know? Because whatever you're doing to engage, we need to break the formula because we need to be learning how to engage with him, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we got to believe that's possible. First of all, believe it's possible, then it will start happening. But, it, you know, if you believe that, nope, I can only be focused for five minutes a day when it's, you know, no, then you maybe get five minutes. But when I start believing he's in me and alive and he's not just, and he wants to express himself and I'm willing to let him express himself through me, then that's the good things, right? But we need to learn to actively engage. We need to look to see. And then we need to see what he will say, right? And we've got to believe the answers come from him and just not from our intellect or from our memory. But he, he's, a, he's an active God, right? And he wants to be full. He wants to express himself in us, through us, and around us, right? That's a good thing. Okay. Pause here for some questions or any stuff that you... Anyone have any questions or whatever? All righty. Uh, I don't think any questions are written there. And Okay. If you guys are good, we can go on. And no one's on mute having questions. Okay, good. So let's hit some... Uh, wait. I have a question. Okay. Let's look, hit some barriers here. Um, and let's break through these barriers for um, what's hindering our engagement with the king, what's hindering our ability to be with the father. Is it a wrong view of time? You know? Um, I remember <laughs> I first joined choir at my first church. And people um, were um, um, couldn't make it to choir practice, and uh, they would. Um, they all had families, and I was a single guy. And I said, "Well, you just got to adjust your schedule." These lovely ladies wanted to kill me, you know. But the, the thing is, is we've got to. Uh, um, realize what our, our challenges are, you know. We've got to realize uh, um, what's what's going on and be be honest about that. Um, um, so the, the list that I put in your in your packet um, is some things that I've I think I've dealt with all of these um, and. and whether your obstacle or your wall is on this list, uh, we need to get it get it out in the open, right? And so, like the biggest one, at least for me, and it was it was amazing for, for me to to think um, um, that I thought you know I had this perfect love cast out all fear, 
That's the scripture. But if you don't let perfect love have its way, it won't cast out anything. Okay. And so what does that mean? If you believe, like I believe, I believe I was not lovable. Okay. So therefore, I had my hand against his love. And I said, well, um, no, you don't love me. You like me. And you're just being, um, you're just tolerating me. So I translated his love for me as tolerating. And so since I believed it was tolerating, um, his tolerance for me, you know, since he's God, he's love, he's got to accept me. But he really doesn't want to. If he really knew me, I didn't really notice he did. I did. I said, he, if he knew me like he, I know me, he wouldn't love me. So therefore, I did not let his love uh, embrace me. I didn't let his love permeate itself in me. Permeate? Permeate. Permeate. I didn't, I didn't accept his love. I didn't embrace his love. I didn't receive his love. I didn't think about his love. Nothing love. So all of that, all of his love, I kept his love from attacking my fear. Okay? Um, so I lived my life like that for a long time. Right? Um, keeping his love at bay and allowing my fear to grow. And of course, fear is kind of smart. So fear doesn't, you know, uh, put a mask on and scare you too much. It just wants to control you in secret. So I was being controlled by fear. And people didn't know I had fear because I was a big guy. And they'd go, oh, dude, you're not afraid of anything. And I'd say, of course not. But deep inside, fear goes, say what you want to. We don't care because we know who's in control. <laughs> Love is like, let me at it. And I'm like, shut up. You don't want to anyway. If you really love me, you would go through my defenses and just get it anyway. But love needs permission. Okay. So I lived my life until one day I read a book by John Crowder. And uh, I read a book. I read a chapter by John Crowder in the book Ecstasy of Loving God. That one chapter, the first chapter, allowed me or gave me permission to give permission for his love to have me. And I let myself receive his love and it rushed in and I didn't, I accepted it and it changed me to where I believed he loved me, knew he loved me and it hit fear like no one's business, so much so I, for the first time, didn't dislike God and just was grateful for salvation. I was like in love with God. It was such a transformation. My second pastor, who's my pastor right now, I had to meet with him and tell him what happened. And in my definition was, I said, I must have been, I must have gotten saved. He was like, uh, no, you've gone to Bible school already for a year, 10 years ago, or 20, 15 years ago. You've been active in the church, da-da-da-da. You're not just saved. Oh, oh, I don't know. You know. I had no words. The only words I could describe was the transformation that happened was so radical that I was trying to convince him I got saved. And he said, well, you're probably just a laid-down lover. And I was like, well, I don't care what the words are. I love him now. <laughs> and we're, I'm just was going crazy in this restaurant. 
once you let the Father have his way in you, then things will get fixed in you. But if you resist his advances, um, he won't push past your will. Um, I don't like that. I wish you would just do it. But um, it's a two-way thing. It's a relationship. So as I let the love of God, my desire for the Father, into every area of my life, it attacks fears, fear and eradicates it. That is a great way to deal with fear. Um, unbelief, boy, you know, um, how you do with that? Just believe. <laughs> you just choose. And once you, I mean, in Hebrews 11, 6, 11, 1, 11, 6, you know, you must believe God exists and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Then you read that scripture says, even the demons believe. Wait a minute, I thought if I believed in God, then it'd be magic would happen and things would just work. Wait a minute, well, if demons believe in God, magic's not happening for them. So there's something to this belief thingy that's more than meets the eye. It is a trust. Well, it's relationship again, right? So, and so, uh, but really, uh, uh, it's, you have to come to the place where you want to believe more than you want to doubt. And again, don't tie understanding to it. Tie trust to it. So you can believe and not understand. I didn't know that until oh, less than a year ago, right? I thought I had to understand to believe it. But because you're spirit being, you can know something and not understand it. You can trust something and not understand how it's going to work out. That's where faith and belief comes in. I don't need to know what the next step is. I'm trusting my lover to take care of it. Okay. Spiritual understanding will attack demonic doctrines. It's amazing how many things that are in our heads that won't that weren't necessarily taught by a teacher. We picked up from TV, picked up from friends, picked up from the environment, picked up from the air, picked up from the radio, picked up from our DNA, some doctrine of, um, of, of, of demons. I mean, I, I was, uh, what grade was that? I was, what was, a doc, it was a stupid doctrine. I thought um, that if, that if this is a fear of something translated into a doctrine, I thought, and I don't know where this came from, I thought if, if, a, if a guy kissed a girl, just kissed her in the mouth the right way, she could get pregnant. Where does that come from? So I had a fear of girls, a fear of intimacy, because I didn't want to kiss somebody and get them pregnant. Right? So I was dominated by that for a long time. Where does that come from? No one teaches that, right? That's this, you know, some stupid demon, and I believe the demon and lived that way for a couple of years. I want to tell you how long I lived knew that. But First Corinthians twelve uh, says, "I don't want you ignorant of anything spiritual, right, or any truth." And so the Father knows everything, and his his friends, um, mentors, whatever, will will teach you everything, you know, if you want to. No, 
which means you can't put up your stuff, uh, um, your experience, your knowledge, what you believe, uh, what you believe is not, if it's not what God believes and knows, then it's a good thing to throw yours down and say, I'll, I'll, I'll trust you in this one. And it's a process, you know, some of us trust faster than others. Um, the wrong path. Sometimes we're going the wrong way, you know, um, there's his ways, our ways, demon ways, um, but we're called to walk in his ways. Jesus, uh, out of his, because of his relationship with the Father, uh, we can now walk in the right way. And it's as simple as, hey, hey, Father, uh, wow, you know, I'm healing the sick, and I'm getting better at sketching, and... Um, yeah, a lot of time on sketching because that guy, New Mystic, said, get a journal and sketch. Is that the way I'm called to be? Am I called to be a sketch artist? No, you're supposed to be speaking to politicians. You need to go in the spirit and sit in their gate over their state and city and call them into their alignment and stop at sketching. Well, New Mystic said to sketch and get a journal. Well, he said that. Don't run with that. Run with your destiny. Here's the way from Ephesians 2, 2.10, that's like laid out beforehand for you to walk in, and you walk in this way, and we'll have good success. And it's a great way because you're happy in it, you're fulfilling it. Don't be copying. He gave you a revelation. You know, it's good to have a journal and good to sketch, but don't spend your life sketching. Spend your life living your life, not what you think your life is. Live the life that you have to live. Oh, so there's a way? Yeah, we agreed to it before you came to earth. Oh, so the path of having journals and sketching is in my way? That's just on your path, not your path, you know. So you got to get your path and to be honest with the Father, you know. And so, um, and then there's, you know, gates. So hopefully we've all, you know, have, have um, got the, um, an understanding of the gates, our spirit gates, our soul gates, and our um, um, body gates. And that's a wonderful teaching that um, was available on Ian's ministry. And if you always need that, you know, let me know and I can get you a copy of that book. And that that's a, not just a good thing to know about, it's a good thing to, to do. We need all our gates open, right? Um, visions. I just, I've noticed that when I spend less time with movies and TV and I want to have to increase my spiritual eyes, uh, it seems like that I can satisfy my desire for visions with television or satisfy it with the father showing me things. And it looks to be my choice, right? Do I want to see from things from a very good Hollywood Spielberg level? Or do I want to go into ultravision, which the Father has available, which is just not at nighttime? Okay. So there's so much that we can walk in, um, but but the Father will not drag us into it. Okay. Uh, he loves us so much not to drag us. Uh, he wants us to be in union with Him, and He'll present what He'll 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 bring it to our attention, but He won't make us eat it, grab it do it. He'll just go, okay, we talked about this before. Last time you said you weren't ready. Cool, fine. Um, are you ready now? Okay, you're not. All right. 
Well, stop comparing yourself to somebody else. This is what's available, you know. Why don't you ask me about it, you know? Why don't you be open? I'm, I'm finding that some statements I made to myself, I, I don't know my prayer time, but it's kind of, I didn't realize God was listening. Those are the ones that are things like, you know, wow, you, you hear Revelation, you know, uh, mine was, wow, Scripture says that David did everything for his generation. David was a man after God's own heart. I said that I want to be a man like David after your heart. Well, I didn't know that was a prayer. I didn't know God was listening. God has been using that one little heart response as permission to put people in my life. You people are in my life because of that statement. Ian is in my life because of that statement. God has moved me and planets and people so that I can be a son uh, who is set, uh, who will touch a generation because of a, I don't know, three-second statement in my heart, you know, God doesn't need a lot to work with because he can make something out of nothing. But when we give him something, oh my gosh, you know, he, he goes with it, right? And, and I still, I, I'm, I'm fully in agreement with, with him making me to be all that I need to be. And I'm learning a bit faster that um, he will do more than I think or ask, or even imagine. And so I'm learning that I need to think higher, <laughs> imagine more, and when I do that, I'm in more in agreement with him. So I'm not so shocked by him blessing or making something available. I get to, instead of being shocked, I get to rejoice, okay? So there's things we, we need to unlearn. There's things that we get to learn. And there's things that we get to practice in, right? We need to work on believing. There's areas that, uh, you know, you're weak in faith in. Uh, put it on your list. Put it in your journal. Say, Father, I need a mentor on this. I'm not raising the dead very well. Something I like to do. Jesus did it. My elder brother, Jesus, my elder brother, he raised the dead a lot. So that's in my scroll. You know, could you send me a teacher? Or can you highlight the areas where I'm in disbelief? Do I actually believe that? You know, what don't I believe? Are there things in me that I don't believe? Are there other obstacles that I need to deal with? Um, what's going on, Father? Who am I? And those are honest questions we're allowed to have. So on page 18, that's a question. We'll go into question and answer now. And let's... It's not my page 18, but it says here that Hebraically seen is active. What do you mean by that? You mean active engaging or imagination, etc.? I mean, oh, that one do. So um, in our mindsets, in, the, in a Greek mentality, our Greek system, which 
education um, in the West, which is everything west of Israel is the West, right? That'd be us, North America, us, British. And for you Brits, I lived in England for two years, and my daughter was born in London. Anyway, so anyone west of Israel is West, and we have a kind of a Greek mindset where we think of things as form. Everything in the East, which is Israel going the other way, has a function mindset or Hebraic mindset. And so the statement is, um, seeing is active. Um, so the word function is, what's the function of something? So uh, if, again, we'll use the, you know, the, the people that are in the room that you're in now. Well, um, if I'm thinking Greek, I'm going like, wow, there's people in the room. They must be just standing here staring at me. Okay. If I'm thinking Hebraic, oh, there's people in the room. There's a reason why they're here. They have a function to perform. I should expect something from them. Since they're from the kingdom of God, I should expect something good. And they're actively engaged in doing their function. They're active. They're not passive. Form seeing is I see a person and they're just spectating me. Function scene is, oh, I see somebody in the spirit. I need to engage with them. They need to engage with me. They have something for me. It, it's, it's an interactive deal. Keyword is active. Function is active. There's a purpose and a reason that's there, right? Um, so that's the Hebraic view of, of seeing. I'm not seeing to say, look, there were 10 people in the room. No. I'm gonna, if I see 10 people in the room, there are there's a minimum 10 reasons why they're in the room, right? You know, and I need to engage with those 10 to find out why they're there. Um, what's, what are they really here for? What is their mission? You know, are they angels? Are they citizens of the kingdom? Are they uh, relatives? Are they from my past? Are they from my future? They're there for an active reason, not just a passive thing. That's the difference. Yep, interactive. I'm going to change that to active to be interactive. But and so everything in the kingdom is interactive, right? Everything. So like, you know, if you ever get there and someone says, let's go to the water, the water's alive. You know, here's one for you. I'm, I step into the kingdom and I go, I'm going to go to the worship room. So I'm in there. You know, I'm in the throne room, right? And I'm like, wow, this throne room looks different from what I heard from Kat Kerr and what I've read in all these books. But this is what I'm seeing, which is different from the Kat Kerr idea. Wow. Oh, my goodness. The throne room isn't like I thought it was, like all my TV throne rooms where there's a throne in the middle. It's a long hallway because... What I used to think about in my imagination, I thought of the throne room as this long rectangular built room and the throne was way up there and those who had been martyred or who really loved God, they were in the front row. And when I got there, I was way in the back. But in heaven, I had really good eyes. So being way in the back was okay because I could see all the action anyway. It was like you were there in the front anyway. So I was accepting that. Except for this one vision, I'm standing there in the throne room and I really didn't know dimensions because all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, it's just not three-dimensional. 
the father's upside down and wait a minute, wait a minute here. I'm worshiping him and he's as close to me as I want him to be, even though there are millions of people in this room. How can he this be? And the natural it's impossible. But I know that he is fully in tune to me. And I'm fully in tune to him. And it doesn't matter where I am in this room. And the room isn't rectangular. So then I stopped looking in the room and started looking into his eyes and thought, this is amazing. He's designed it to where I can be one-on-one -on -one with him in a crowd. This is cool. This is, this is better than anyone told me. This is, this, I like this. Then, as I was worshiping, this thought came. All creation worships him. I thought, all, that all thing again. Then I saw these orcas, you know, killer whales, in the throne room. I was like, wait a minute here. And all the pictures, and Kat Kerr has never mentioned an orca. And different people who I know gone up there, none of them have mentioned killer whales. None of them. And there's no water. How are the killer whales worshiping God in here? And we're here. And it's orcas. And I'm watching the orcas in the throne room, which didn't make sense because there was no water. But they're swimming. And I'm like, that's amazing. They are worshiping God. We're worshiping God. People, dancers. I used to not want to go because I couldn't dance. So, But there was dancers. But the thing... It wasn't about me watching someone else worship. It was about me worshiping God. It didn't matter. So here were these orcas worshiping God. It was amazing. I thought, an orca, a killer whale, which I've seen those movies in the natural. I never thought about them. But in this moment, I'm watching these killer whales in the throne room worshiping God. Then there were giraffes. I'm thinking, wow, you guys get to come to the throne because you love him too. This is great. So then I'm watching the giraffes. The orcas weren't there, but they were, I don't know. I don't know where they went. Then all of a sudden, I'm looking at a molecule worship God. Now, I don't know how I saw it, but I looked at this molecule moving, and it was giving honor to its creator. And I could see it. And I thought, why am I watching the molecule, which is, it was obviously much smaller than a killer whale, which if a killer whale and giraffe and they weren't, you know, and God's throne wasn't in a rectangle, it was a room and, and oh, there's three thrones and they're all, but they were all giving full attention to whoever or whatever was worshiping. And I thought, wow. So I saw a molecule worshiping God. I saw a killer whale worshiping God. I saw a giraffe worshiping God. I saw people worshiping God. I saw myself worshiping God, and I thought, this makes more sense, because all of creation is worshiping the Father. And that's what I saw one time. Then, so, But that was a one-time deal. So when I went again, it was like, oh, I don't care about them worshiping. I want to worship God, right? So I don't go to the throne room to see who's worshiping God. I go to the throne room to worship God. But you see how easy it is to get caught in spectator mode, you know? It is like, you know, and so, and I could have stayed watching whoever else is worshiping God, or I could worship the Father, right? So I just shared this, it is, you know, there, there are no limitations. Well, let me rephrase that. There were a million limitations, but you don't have to live underneath them, okay? You, you don't, you know? 
And if you will just let go, I mean, that's, that's so cliche, let go, let God. But I'm telling you, it's the deal, you know. And, and, and I am, I, I was, a, you know, if Paul was the chief of all sinners, I used to think I was the chief of all sinners, but Paul wrote it down in the New Testament. I was the chief of all limitations, you know. And I'm finding, just like Paul, who was a killer and got transformed radically, and the chief of all sinners became the chief apostle, if I was the chief of all limitations, I'm now walking, I now have access to an unlimited God, right? And I just share that with y'all, that y'all are unlimited too, that we have the ability to see the unseen. That makes no sense, but don't live by sense, live by relationship. And if he says it, just say yes, yes, you know. I mean, it's the honor of kings to search out a matter. You must believe you're a king, not because you deserve it or earned it, because you are. He said it. It is so simple just to believe it, you know. And so I'm still working at all the little rules I've made up. I'm undoing those. Um, and I'm just going like, okay, the rule is what he says goes, period. Uh, and I don't have to understand it. I just have to enjoy it. Huh. Wow. Okay. That's much simpler, but I'm still renewing myself to that, right? That scripture is Proverbs 25, 2. It's the honor of kings to search out a matter. You get to see who you are in every encounter with the Father. <laughs> I mean, you know, how, wow. Uh, what's the step in that? Every place that Jesus interacted with anybody, you can do what Jesus did in the moment. Well, since if you don't believe it, just imagine yourself. Okay, Jesus walked on water. Okay, I can walk on water. Well, imagine walking on water. Well, imagine what he did before he walked on water. What was he doing before he walked on water? What? He was spending time with his father. So why don't you spend time with the father and do like, what? Jesus spent time with the father all the time. Hmm, there's something to that relationship thingy. I'm telling you, if you would invest in that relationship, um, everything changes, right? Everything changes out of relationship, okay? Everything changes, and that's what it's all about, you know? And like I said earlier, don't worry about everybody else changing. If you change, it won't matter, okay? Because then... As you change, you'll be you'll have the same belief that the Father has. The Father looks on this planet and sees everything that you see, but he has faith for it. And just like we read, start out in Habakkuk in the beginning, about that, that uh, uh, the prophet saw, but he got his uh, refocused and got adjusted. And we need to, to let the Lord redefine our definitions we need the lord to redefine us we need to be we need to come in agreement to everything the all right and then don't get all condemning on yourself that you're not changing fast enough you're changing at the right speed you're okay you know um hmm. let me say this so i was at a meeting last year and and really it's still in this last year and a half for me i'm starting to believe period not 
Well, I'm going to try to believe. I'm just going to know I believe, you know. But I get tested every once in a while. So I was at a meeting, and uh, Justin Abraham was there, and I said out of my mouth, uh, now I want to have as I was talking to a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a while, Justin walks up to me, walks up to our, you know, this, to us, and he says, well, uh, you know when, you know when your spirit is out there and you're trying to bring it back? And I'm like, I look at him, he's looking at me, and I'm going like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. He looks at my friend, he goes, well, you know, I mean, my British accent. You know, you know. And he, and he, my friend doesn't say anything. And I'm like, I'm looking at Justin like, what are you talking about? You know, because we were just this, it was the first session and he had just, there were, we were past the ministry part and he's talking about his spirit being released to the whole room and he, he ministers that way. Why well, had heard of that, but never live, you know, and never, no one's ever attributed it to me directly. So I'm sitting there in total disbelief, right? I, I, he walks away after just saying that, and I turn to my friend, I go, dude, why didn't you say anything? He goes like, I don't say. I go, you at least could have been with me in my unbelief and said, yes, I don't understand either. You just went silent which sometimes silence is good. I went back to my hotel room and I wanted revelation on what did Justin mean by that? <laughs> you know, I got nothing, right? Uh, that was on a Friday night, I think Friday night. Anyway, so, what are, so the weekend, I got nothing on it. But I had this idea that after the last session, I'd go surprise a friend of mine at his church. And I did. So i go surprise them they're not there, and I show up, and I go up front because they have prayer before service. And um, uh, so I'm a, I've learned, you know, when I, you know, you know, go big or go home. So, you know, loud tongues and pacing and sometimes flailing of arms because you look really spiritual with loud tongues and pacing. <laughs> Lots of activity. And demons flee, right? So that's my normal MO. But this moment, as I go start doing that, someone says to me, it's either the Spirit of God or, you know, anyway, a voice says to me, no, don't do that. Do what Justin did. Release your spirit. Now, four days earlier, well, no, three days, I never heard of releasing my spirit. And when this voice said that, I chose to believe. I'd never done it before. I didn't know what it meant, but I chose to believe, and I chose to believe I could do it, so I did it. So I released my spirit, and my brain went, what are we doing? And I said, we're releasing our spirit now. And my brain goes, where is it going? I said, shut up. I don't know, but we're doing it. We're releasing our spirit. And I said, like Justin, <laughs> As I'm standing there, and I'd been to this church once before, and they'd seen me pray. So now I'm totally silent. I'm standing there believing that I'm releasing my spirit, right? So I can tell you. I'm believing I'm doing that, and I'm, and I'm on purpose not 
praying it loud, praying in tongues. I'm releasing my spirit. So in this time of releasing my spirit, I'm watching everybody else pray, like I usually pray, and I'm now battling, because I'm not trying to, I want to pray like I'm familiar with, but now I'm doing something I'm not familiar with, but I'm doing it totally by faith, and doing it because I believe I'm supposed to, right? And I had no, I had no understanding, I had negative understanding, when I'm, 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 I'm believing, right? And just to speed the story up, I, as I was in the next nod or whatever it was, um, I, I felt like I was intimidating everyone in the room. I thought, how can I be intimidating people? And I am silent. I'm not even moving. I'm not even flailing my arms. I am silent, non-moving, but I'm doing this releasing the spirit thing. So I thought, well, so I thought, well, if I am intimidating everyone in the room, I need to find the person in charge and tell them that I'm here to help and not to hurt. And, and I'm thinking, what does that mean? So in the spirit, my spirit released somewhere in the room, I don't know what's going on, I find someone in the spirit, not, I physically have not moved, but I, I sense that I'm standing in front of a lady who's got a uh, a scepter, or actually not a scepter, it's a ball type thingy, something, an orb in her right hand, and somehow in the spirit, I know she's in charge. So, and I, I think she was sitting on the throne. In the spirit, I go and say to her, in the spirit, hey, I'm here to help, not hinder. I'm here to support your mission. I get nothing back, and, um, so I'm thinking, this is pretty cool, whatever I'm doing. Then, out of nowhere, my friend who I'm surprising in the natural hits me in my chest. If you ever get hit in the chest, it knocks you out of whatever you think you're at, right? And he, so, you know, totally surprised me because my eyes were closed this whole time. And I get, you know, a physical hit in the chest. And he says, dude, what are you doing here? I go, surprise. I said, man, you hit me. And I was... Well, I didn't know where I was, so I didn't tell him where I was, you know. I was, anyway, what did what? He goes, why didn't you call me? Well, I wanted to surprise you. And anyway, so I couldn't get back to where I thought I was. And so I did try to sat down and wondered, did I really go in the spirit? Did I really talk to someone in the room? Did I really, did I really, did I really, did I really, did I really? You know, I wanted answers. Uh, but I didn't have answers. I just had spent, I don't know, 45 minutes believing I was doing, okay? Two hours later, after the service, after worship, everything was, it was awesome. Prophetic guy came in, blew everyone out and stuff. The meeting is about to end, and I'm on stage. I got asked to be in the worship team. That was kind of well. And uh, I'm on stage, and then this prophet guy who I didn't know who he was because it's not my church. I'm going, well, was that a meeting this weekend? Do I need a word? No, I don't need a word. I'm okay. No, I need a word. No, yeah. And I go, okay, I want a word. As soon as I say I want a word, the pastor gets up there and starts shutting down the meeting. And I'm like, well, I guess I don't need a word. You know. Then, out of nowhere, she says, hey, Wally, you, we need to pray for Wally. Prophet, come up here. 
And so he gives me this amazing word, which is un, is un, undone me, you know. And so I've written it down, and I, anyway, it's this amazing word. It, it's just, I've never heard it before, you know. And most of the words of my life have been repeated. Anyway, totally out of nowhere word. And so I'm thinking, well, this is why I'm here. But then, all of a sudden, this, the lady, so there's an usher standing behind me, prophet standing in front of me. This lady takes my left hand, puts her right hand over my left hand, and I realize she's the one I was talking to in the spirit. And I feel that orb that was in her hand in the spirit over my hand. And I went, that spirit thing is true. <laughs> you know, I, I said it to myself. Anyway, uh, all I'm telling you is, if the Lord asks you to do something, it is for your benefit to do and ask questions later. Out of your relationship, all things will go well. You'll mature. You'll have fun with your father. You'll get to know him. He knows you. But he wants you to know him as well as he knows you. You've been invited to an awesome walk. Seeing is more than meets the eye. And it's only the beginning. And it's all birthed out of relationship. Okay. So, I see a question there. What does that feel like to release your spirit? Do you run unto other people's spirits? It was weird. <laughs> I do it now regularly, but that first time, I I didn't I, I had no reference point, you know. So all I had was a statement that Justin Abraham had said in passing, and when he said it, I had no idea what he was talking about. So I had, I had no reference point in the natural. And the only thing I had to put my faith in was, I believe the Lord or the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit in me said, release my spirit. And I took that statement as, that's God. If God says it, I can do it. My brain was like, what does that mean? But I was learning to believe first, act second, and believe that I would get the understanding sometime. I used to have to get understanding before anything happened, you know. And so I was totally the new territory, right? So um, now it's, 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 you know, so the word, you know, what does it feel like? So uh, it's, it's, it's not... I don't, have, I don't have words for it because it's it's a spiritual thing. And I, I, I hate saying it like that because it makes it spooky. It's a spiritual thing. It feels like, you know, I, I mean, you, try, um, you know how, it, how good it feels when you're in worship? It felt like that. It felt, I felt like I was, I was totally in my element. That makes any sense. It's like, you know, like, I love sleeping in when it's cold, but I'm in the blanket, right? So I'm warm and cold at the same time as that little thing that happens. That's how I felt. I felt perfectly secure, comfortable, relaxed, and just, I don't know, floaty. <laughs> but I felt really secure and comfortable, you know? There was no strain. There was no ease. There was no nothing. And then... There was no intimidation. It was just 
peace, I guess is the word of feeling. That's that question. Do you run unto other people's spirits? Well, I met that one, so yes. Um, easy to remember questions. Jesus released his spirit on the cross. Yeah, I get floaty. <laughs> floaty. Our new spiritual word is floaty. I release floaty on people, so that's a good thing. All right. Um, any other questions? Um, feel free to come off mic and speak, or you can type them again. Um, or we can end with floaty. Um, okay. Well, I guess we'll end with floaty. And um, floaty is a good thing. Oh, wait. Did you feel you were in both places at once? Um, no, I was really trying to... Um, I, I felt I was not there. I felt like I was in one place. I knew I was in the building, but I was in... I guess I felt like I was in a different dimension. That I was in the same physical place, but in a different space, right? If that makes sense. I find that I can't see during the day, just at night. That is just a mindset. Um, I see with my eyes closed, but I start practicing seeing my eyes open. I had an open-eyed vision. I was reading. I was up, My wife writes horses. And um, I went to the barn because good husbands go with their wives. <laughs> I don't ride. Um, so I went to the barn, and I was sitting uh, outside the barn while she was getting her horse, you know, ready, you know, attack, you know, saddle, all that stuff. I'm reading my book, and I'm reading, I mean, I wasn't, I was reading a, I was reading a Christian book, but I wasn't engaging, time to engage, and it's that simple, engage, you know, and I do, like, engage, and, um, but I didn't engage, I was sitting there reading, and then to my right appeared two angels that I'd met. One's a horse, and one is not a horse. The horse's name is Holiday. And the angel's name is Orion. And uh, and I'm like, how can you be here at the barn, non-spiritual place? <laughs> okay. No worship music on. I wasn't meditating. I wasn't, I had done nothing, right? And I'm thinking like, how can I see you? My eyes aren't closed, but I know you're there and I can see you. And I thought, if I can see you and it's daylight, uh, can the animal see you? And as soon as I said that, my wife comes out of the barn on the horse and, you know, yeah, on, out of the barn. And I'm like, I'm now nervous because I go, can her horse see you? And, and the horse says, yes. I go, okay. It, her horse name's Al. Hey, uh, Al can see you. Is Al afraid of you? <laughs> you know, because I'm now into, you know, I'm a king. I'm searching out a matter, right? I'm asking these questions because I'm freaking out because I had not planned this and I'm into my controlling issues, right? Now, but I was into, I'm now a believer full time. <laughs> so, you know, so we're supposed to, you know, the spirit realm doesn't appear. The spirit realm is there, right? And so, anyway, so I'm, I'm now engaging the spirit realm and the natural realm at the same time, and I'm not used to that. 
So my wife goes, how do I look? And I'm thinking, if I say something to her, will I, will my angels disappear? Because I don't know how to hold this, right? I'm freaking. I got a book. I'm thinking, I got a book. I'm trying to learn from the book. I got two angels here. My wife's here. I got to pay attention to her. If I pay attention to her, will the angels go away? How does this work? And so I go, okay, you're still there. Can the, can the horse eat you? Yeah. Then the then holiday says, and by the way, that's not his name. It's not whose name? Who Whose name? What? Um, your wife's horse? Al, that's not his name. And then I, I physically turn. I was trying to, because <laughs> I, 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 if I turned my body to talk to the angels, I would not have been looking at my wife. And my wife, you know, when I was, I was there for her, right? So you can't turn your back, you know, for any reason. And you can't finish reading the book. So I'm like looking at my wife and looking perfectly the angels, thinking, is this rude to the angels, right? I can't, you know. Anyway, so then I'm, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Angel's there, wife's there. Okay, for some reason, this is working. I don't know why, okay? Okay, then he freaked me out with, what do you mean the horse's name's not Al? It is Al. My wife told me the horse's name's Al. And the horse, my horse angel says, well, Al likes the fact that your wife likes calling him that. So he doesn't want to tell her his real name because he's happy that she's happy. And I went, that can't be right. If my name is my name, I want everyone to know my name. And I want this whole little deal as I'm having this, you know, argument with my invisible horse, which has wings, about my wife's natural horse, whose name isn't Al, which is totally stupid, which is like way beyond my logic because my horses would have the names. Anyway, so as we're having this little argument, and I'm still looking at my wife, and I'm, and I'm trying to move my lips because I'm now angry, which I'm thinking, wait, I'm angry, but they're all here. I thought if I was angry, things would turn, would go invisible or something. Then my wife's horse gets spooked and throws her, right? And he doesn't throw her. So I'm like, what? Then I'm freaking out. How can this happen? I have full authority where I'm at. How can an accident occur? Matter of fact, stop thinking about it. So I had to get up to get my wife, who's now thrown on the ground. The horse is running away. I get to my wife, pick her up. I've, you know, so I'm now fully focused on my wife. I don't know where anybody else is. I'm now fully concerned with my wife and don't care about anything else. Get my wife up. She's chasing after her horse. And if you're a horse rider, you get back on the horse and you got to bust up. So she's back in her element and okay. I go back to my seat expecting that, you know, you know, my dual realm world thing is gone away. But they're still there. And I'm thinking, okay, this is weird. I am fully wide-eyed open, running around. I'm not in the spirit based on my definition of spirit. How can you be here, you know? Or how do I know you're here? Am I having a nervous breakdown, <laughs> you know? And so I, and I go, wait a minute. If you're here, and I know who I am, I know who you are, how could an accident happen on my watch? This is not allowed. And then the angel, Orion, says, look again. I go, what do you, oh, look again. So we rent, we took time back. 
and I saw my wife so that we ran back the scene right before she fell and we did it in slow motion, which was a trip. So in slow motion this time, I saw a black thing come out of the ground. I saw my wife's horse look at the black thing. Now, still, when I saw that, I was like, wait a minute, if I have authority, why are black things coming out of the ground? You know, so I'm thinking like, in my law, nothing bad can happen if I'm there, right? Now, that was my law. That was the trip. So the black thing comes out, and I go, wait a minute, why did that happen? How could that happen? And then, you know, they didn't say anything. So then the horse took off, and then I saw my wife, uh, this is where I saw her decide to let go. I saw myself say, don't let go, you can hold on. I saw her choose to let go of the horse, which I thought was still wrong, so I watched it happen in slow motion. And then I saw her hit the ground. Then I stopped it and said, why didn't you, um, Orion, catch her from falling? And then we replayed it one more time, saw the thing come out of the ground, Angel, do, uh, the horse respond, my wife chose to fall off. Um, then I saw this time on round three of the replay, Orion caught my wife, helped her not hit the metal pole that was right where she almost fell. So he kept her from hitting, she hit the ground still, but not the metal. And then the flying horse, Holiday, stopped Al from running throughout the, 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 the barn area. And I went, so you guys were there, you guys did all that. You know? And I thought, well, I didn't see you do it the first time. And they didn't say anything. I was like, okay. So I was really excited at this point that one of them having this open-eyed vision and the angel, my angel, well, where's her angel? Why isn't her angel saving her? <laughs> they had all these questions, right? And so, so I have it, but it was great, right? And so I'm like, wow. I'm, so I'm all excited. So my wife comes out. She's now cleaned up, horses put away. And Orion says, do not tell her what you know unless she asks. I'm like, she is not going to ask. And I want to tell her, you know, so this is like Christmas morning and someone says, don't open your gift until, you know, eight hours later. I was like, I was dying. We're in the car. We're driving home. It's a 45 minute ride back to our house. And she's telling me about this deal. So I don't ride horses. So she's explaining everything, right? Now, I, I know what happened because I saw it all in the spirit or I saw it four times. No. I saw what had happened, and I saw it three more times in slow motion. So I know what happened. Now, she's telling me what happened. I'm thinking, like, I know something you don't know, but I can't do that because it's wrong. And Orion said, don't tell her unless she asks. And I'm thinking, so I'm holding my breath, holding my bite down, my tongue. And she's not going to ask because she knows I don't know anything about horses. Right? After 40 minutes, we're almost home. She goes, did you see anything? I went, oh, I started screaming, and I told her everything I saw. Now, you would have thought that my wonderful wife, who is wonderful, would have grasped all the things I thought were important. The thing that she, that made it real for her was the thing which I thought was stupid. She thought it was amazing that her horse, Al, had a different name, but he wanted to keep her happy and didn't it was okay with being called Al. I thought, what? But that was what made it real for her that she knew her horse loved her. 
and that was an act of love. And I thought, so the flying horse stopping your horse and my angel keeping you, that didn't make it valid? Nope. Al liking my, me calling him Al. So anyway, all I have to say is we've got to do what we got to do. So thank you so much. Is there any questions before we go? Um, I, <laughs> yes, you horse lovers. Yeah, yeah. And again, everything we got to get used to it because you know, in reality, you met someone asked the question. You know, did, were you in two places? I believe that we can be. I'm I'm learning to believe that the scripture says we can be where our Father is. And we know that our Father is omnipresent, so He is in more than one place at one time. Now, I have faith for being in two places now at one time. I think I have faith for three places. I don't have faith for five or more. Okay, but I'm starting to believe for that. Right? But what it's holding me back is what does it feel like? So I need to stop worrying about what it feels like and how my brain can comprehend it. And just believe and let it happen. Okay, so there's a lot about believing. Uh, so anyway, so little thing. Okay. So again, um, let, let me say this in closing: Do not your feelings and seeing do not validate reality. Okay. Do not restrict yourself for letting you say what's real. If you do that, it will limit your engagement in spiritual things. Okay? Um, your ability to touch spiritually or physically, your ability to see physically or spiritually does not make something more real. Okay? And if you wait for the... Uh, the validation of one of your senses, it will limit your engagement. Okay. Yeah. That's, and you can, you can test it if you want to, but that's, that's, that's a truth. Okay. So thank you so much for engaging. Uh, thank you so much for your faith. Thanks so much for being who you are. And uh, we'll close out unless we have a question. Thank you. Yes, thanks, New. I appreciate